The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Now, this team is starting to look like it's supposed to, and now we're looking a lot more ready for conference play than we were two and a half weeks ago. Welcome to Rams Rewind in podcast land or live here in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. If you like what you hear and you want to support our support this podcast, drop us a little dinero. In the, it's in the description. It's on Pod, Podbean as well and some of the other podcast platforms we are on. We really appreciate it if you do. You know, this this game started out real bad, and I was getting the comments from it. I was trying to listen to the game, and, and the VCU app was just not – it was just not happening. The radio app was just terrible tonight, and I don't know what was going on. So I, I got home and started from minute one. I saw that the score was 20-9. to nine. I went back to the start, watched it, and just caught up with everybody else. And that first 10 minutes wasn't good. I, I will I will I will grant everybody that that first 10 minutes was was not good and against a better team they could have buried themselves they could have been just like the start against St. Louis or some of these other or, or the Dayton game at, at the Siegel Center last year and I understand all of that I understand all of that you can't play like they did the first 10, 10 minutes defensively offensively that's fine but they really turned it around after that. They, they, they were facing the zone and they started to do the right things to attack that zone. And it was just, it was, this was a tremendous performance. This, this is probably even more than Northern Illinois. This is about as complete a performance as you can get. I know there wasn't a 20 to nine bad start like in the Northern Illinois game, but this is a team as a right, as, as John Feinstein rightly said, that could win the Patriot league. Northern Illinois ain't going to come anywhere near winning the Mac. Navy, Navy's a chance to win the Patriot League. So for VCU to turn that around, and and it was it, it was kind of like the the Cam the Campbell game last year, uh, you know, because Campbell was a contender in that Big South, and they had a terrible start in that game, and they just they got their they got their doors blown off, and then they worked their way into it and started playing really well and came back and won, and and this time they come back and win and it's not even a problem. You know, they, they cruise home, shoot over 50% for the game. You know, 6 to 17 from the three, they don't go crazy from the three, which is something I can absolutely live with. You know, not a lot of foul shots tonight, so they're going to take a little hit on that, but a good percentage overall, 10 for 14, that's, that's kind of what you're asking for. And Navy's not a team that fouls a ton, so it would have been hard for VCU to ring up the 25 or 30 foul shots they normally get in a game tonight. But, you know, after that first 10 minutes, they started getting the ball in the post, both with very good entry entry passes and dribble penetration. But I'll tell you this, 
You know what actually turned this game, and it's going to sound strange, but it's true, Ace Baldwin's second foul, because this offense was not running well with him in the first half, and he needed to sit, and he gets that second foul and sits down, and I'll tell you what, Zeb Jackson, that offense ran great with Zeb Jackson. So we'll start with him tonight. Four for seven, nine points, you know, including that nice little finish right at the end. He only gets two assists, so you're like, ah, that's not much. I'm telling you, this offense ran a lot better because they started out, they were bad the first 10 minutes, and then they got white hot in that first half to end that first half. And I think get over, yeah, they were they were ended up 15 to 27. And I think they were about two for seven to start. Might have been worse than that. They were 0 for 4. I know that. They were 0 for 4 because they were down 11 nothing. So think of that. They made 15 and 23 to finish the half. And that's a lot of that's down to Zeb Jackson. And he's just, you know, yes, yes, this is going to be a risk against the better teams in our league. But tonight should show Mike Rhodes clearly that, yes, you can sit Ace Baldwin down if he's struggling and you can put Zeb Jackson in and he can run the offense. Tonight proves it in spades. He did a fantastic job in the first half. And to me, that's one of the reasons they were 15 to 27. He gets in there. The ball's moving better. And not just that, a lot of people are getting assists. I pointed this out at halftime when I finally caught up. Eight different guys had assists in the first half. They had 11 assists on 15 made field goals. That's, that's, you can't run much better offense than that, honestly. If you're, I mean, if you're doing that, then you have to have a very bad defensive game to be in a lot of trouble. To be in a lot of trouble, you've got to have a very bad defensive game if you're getting 11 assists on 15 on 15 uh, made free throws. So that 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 was just that was just so tremendous uh, uh, from VCU that in particular, and it got better in the second half. Look, and Baldwin came in, and I think Baldwin realized, you know, I wasn't running this offense right. Baldwin did a great job in the second half. He didn't score. But he gets five assists, no turnovers in the second half, Ace Baldwin. And look, I'll take that. Honestly, I will. Ace Baldwin, I've watched games where Ace Baldwin's not scored or barely scored and dominated a game, and he was much better in that second half. And you just you, you go back to the first half, and you look at the variety, and here's the other thing. That ball was going to Deloach. And yes, Daniel Carter, absolutely right. Running that offense through Deloach makes this offense go. In 12 in the first half, they could not live with him down there. He was, you know, he was too, he got too much. He's, he got, his arms are too long. He was too big. He was too strong. He was great. And then, of course, Watkins actually takes over in the second half. 18 in the second half after going scoreless in the first. Uh, just, just tremendous from him. Watkins has some body control when he goes in there because he gets hit a lot. And he still manages, it seems like, to get the shot up and get it in. And Bruce Stevenson, I was gonna, I was, I, I know I didn't get to it right away, but th- that's the key. Nine turnovers only. They only had three in the second half. And you just think this Navy's Navy's a pretty slow-paced team. VCU still got 74. And they and it's because they only turned it over nine times. And you see what this offense is really capable of when they can take care of the basketball. Nine turnovers, 
21 assists. 21 assists on 29 made baskets. Honestly, that is that is heaven for me. I see a box score like that and my heart flutters and the thoughts turns to flights of fancy because you aren't going to lose doing that, not unless the other team is playing just as good an offense as you. And look, VCU's defense ain't what it's been. It's it's not going to be it's going to have to be a great team that plays that plays great offense against them to beat them on a night like that when they're getting those kind of numbers. Yeah, they all well and again, the offensive glass is one thing. Daniel about there were about three different possessions where Navy got three offensive rebounds at once. So actually VCU didn't do that bad a job. Plus again, Navy's missing a lot more shots than VCU. Navy is forty is thirty six percent from the field, so they have a lot more opportunities to get offensive rebounds. The fact that they're only minus one, that's great as far as I'm concerned. They were competitive on the backboard and they won second chance points anyway. So that's the other key. Only you know they win second chance points eleven to nine. You know they win points off turnovers by a dozen. And you could argue they kind of didn't get as much out of that as they should because 17 turnovers and they get 26 points. But, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Those those things all follow on. Navy doesn't end up with any fast break points, but you know what I thought they did well in that first 10 minutes? They beat VCU's defense down the floor and got good shots before they set up. Didn't happen after that. Did not happen after that. And, you know, think about the second half. Navy makes the first two shots they throw up to get this thing to two points. And then they shoot seven of 25 the rest of the half. I mean, I'm telling you, that's that's the defensive, that's the VCU defense we remember. That defense that they played in this game looks more like the top five team in defensive efficiency instead of number 47, which is what it was when we looked at it last week. And of course, just to let everybody know, if you're not a member of VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly and you're listening in podcast land, it's good to be a member of VCU Bad, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly because tomorrow there'll be a new round of VCU by the numbers where we're going to look at uh, where we're going to look at uh, update those rankings in terms of foul shots and you know free throws and percentage and of course in terms of turnovers they'll have done their turnover number the power of good tonight with only nine. And I think they only had a, like a 11 or 12 against Northern Illinois, which when they played them, that was a battle of two of the worst teams in terms of turnovers in the country. And interestingly enough, I was listening to the three-bid league pod as I was working today. VCU's not even the worst team in the A-10 for turnovers, if you can believe it. Loyola is. So, so as bad as they are at turnovers, there's actually somebody in our conference that's worse. Uh, but in general... This game makes me feel like that this team is ready to play uh, to, for, for, for conference play. And, you know, other good thing is, you know, uh, Baldwin, 30 minutes only. I would have liked to have seen a little less, but that's okay. Deloach, 32 minutes. He's one of the few guys that I'd play over 30 minutes. Here's the other thing. Brandon Johns. This is Brandon Johns' line. He only played 19 minutes tonight. And I'm wondering if there was a little bit of an injury or something or if they were just saving him a little bit. Two points, one for four from the field, two rebounds, two turnovers. Not a lot of nights up to now where VCU would have got away with that line with Brandon Johns. 
Yet, tonight, he has a night like that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Shriver comes off the bench and plays well. For me, even though he only had eight points and he's only one for five from three, this was about Shriver's best game. Good defensive plays, good rebounds. He gets three assists. You know, that's that's really terrific uh, from David Shriver. You know, Josh Banks was good in three minutes. Nick Kern continues to be the juice guy again. And, and you, you almost wonder why he only gets 15 minutes when he has seven points, makes every field goal he takes, six boards and an assist. You know, that that's just tremendous. In 15 minutes, that is tremendous. And yeah, and yeah, Bruce Stevenson, less turnovers in this in this game in Northern Illinois than we had in the Radford game. And I and we had and remember we had 17 in the second half of that Radford game. And we only had, I think, 21 in the last two games. So there you go. That's pretty incredible. But you know, to have a night like that with John's not playing, not playing a lot or playing well. That's, you know, that's tremendous. And Jonathan, I understand about the slow starts. That's that's going to be the big nit to pick, and rightfully so, because you can't do that against the better teams in this league or you get what happened in St. Louis last year or what happened against Dayton at home. But, again, it, it's the way they turned it around. They turned it around by doing the right things on offense in particular. And that's the other thing. Maybe that's just the way this team is going to be. But offensively, it feels like their defense doesn't doesn't get going until their offense does, which is kind of a scary proposition because they haven't been a good offensive team this year. But that's that seems to be the the way it is with them, and and that's the way it was tonight. And look, I mean, I I remember when we were talking after the games, after the game, after the Radford game. It's like they, they have seventeen days to get their stuff straight. You know, they had two more games in 17 days to get their stuff straight for LaSalle on New Year's Eve. Well, they've had the two games, and now they got they got the Christmas week off. They can go home for Christmas, come back, you know, probably Monday or Tuesday and start getting ready for LaSalle. I feel so much better about where they're, they are at now than I did after the Radford game. It's unreal. It's a it's totally different feeling. They look ready for conference play. And yeah, it would have been nice to see there were players who didn't play tonight and we didn't get to see them. But you know what? Just about everybody was playing well enough, especially off the bench, that you really couldn't quibble with that. You know, you look at the plus minuses and and your bench players are giving you your biggest plus minuses by and large. Um, David Shriver's plus minus tonight was 20 plus 26. I mean, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Zeb was plus 16. Um, both of those were better. Both of those are better than anybody who started. Your best plus minus from the starting players was Ace with plus 14. He was only, I think he was only plus two at the half. So he had a really good second. They had a really good second half with him on the floor, but it just shows you. I mean, the bench, those four bench guys tonight, Jackson, Kern, Banks, Shriver, really terrific stuff out of them. Yes, Jonathan Barty, a lot more touches in the paint and a lot more middle touches. Uh, uh, and so, yes, that that was that was really that was really really good from him. Also, Jalen Deloach, by the way, we talked about him starting to stuff the stat sheet like Vince Williams used to. Well, 
in addition to all the other, in addition to those 18 points, career high, six boards, three assists, two blocks, two steals. You keep doing that, Jalen, you're going to be on an all-conference team. No question about it. And maybe on the all-defensive team, too. So that that's – Jalen Deloach is getting up to it now. He's he's really starting to emerge as a serious as a serious player in this league. And look, you know, whatever – maybe Johns was just having an off night. Maybe maybe Coach Rhodes was like, it, what we've got's working – I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overdo it with Brandon Johns. He is coming off an injury. He had the back spasms that the, uh, that he that he had to deal with, and that's smart from Coach Rhodes. I want to. I want to say that I want to praise him for that because if it ain't broke, don't fix it when it's out there like that. And and it's okay to it's okay to save somebody for the next game. And and I just I'll just go back to this. Unlike last year where we're where we were sitting there looking at each other going, well, if something happens to Ace or he gets injured or he's can't or gets in foul trouble, Vince Williams point forward, Zeb Jackson, true point guard, can run this offense and runs it well. Uh and to me, that's that's my biggest takeaway from tonight is that Coach Rhodes should not be afraid, especially if Baldwin isn't playing well, to sit him down. Give him a few minutes, or if he gets in foul trouble, fine. Because that's the other thing. You know, last year he'd sometimes sit for a long time because of foul trouble, and then he'd be kind of struggling a little bit before he'd get back in the game. You got Zeb, and that's the other thing. Baldwin sat. You know, he played a couple, a little bit in the little bit with two fouls in the first half, but he sat for a good while in that game and came back in the second half. And was and had an excellent second half, and should have had a few more assists. Naughty Nick Kern, you had a great pass from from Baldwin for a beautiful assist, and you and you bobbled the ball as you were going up for the shot. You denied him another assist, so he should have had nine tonight. Don't do that. Don't do that. We want we don't want to see Baldwin come up with great passes and then not get the credit for it because you missed the shot, or you or you turn it over as you're going up with it. Uh, oh, yeah, you know what? And let me say again, Jaden Nunn, his line ain't going to knock anybody's socks off either. 28 minutes, six points. He only took four shots, one assist. Nunn's not – Nunn is playing within himself so well. He's playing good defense. The play of the night, they look like they're going to get a basket. Nunn deflects it. Baldwin saves it back to him, and Nunn throws a fantastic outlet to Watkins who gets the dunk. And then gets teed up for hanging on the rim. That's marginal because I think Watkins thought there was somebody under him, so he felt like he had to hang on there so he wouldn't fall on somebody. But that's what I'm talking about from Jaden Nunn. Jaden Nunn's not only being selfless, he's being really smart with the shots he takes. And I'll just keep saying it about him. His time's coming. His time's coming. There's going to be a game where we need it, and he's going to drop 20 on somebody. And it'll be great, and I can't wait for that if that when it happens. Uh, but he's just—he is not getting—he's—he's he's not getting frustrated, and he's not like, oh, I'm not scoring like I want, and I'm not getting the opportunities. No, he's playing. He is contributing in so many ways. And look, part of what makes Ace Baldwin so good at manipulating the defense is that other players that that the scouting report says you got to worry about are helping him do it. 
You know, when some of those cuts that you see from like Watkins and Deloach and Kern and some of these other ones, it's because none's moving around and, and helping create that crease. And I agree, Doug Hines, you said it and other people said it. Yeah, Banks is definitely an X factor. Banks and Kern, those are the juice guys. Those are the guys that can come in and give this team a jolt. And they both did it tonight. Uh, and I just and and it's and it's funny because I I mean I'm sure they there are times they get frustrated when they don't start, but boy, they come off the bench and they're trouble. And and I think the other teams know it too. And I think the other teams do try to 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 get on them a little bit because they're like, we can't let these two get going. Because if these two get going, we're going to have a problem. And they're right. They're absolutely right. Uh, those are two guys that that can and have changed games for VCU off the bench. And I just love, I just, I absolutely love them both. And it's such a great situation we got having a team, having players like that who can come off that bench, who are not, you know, pouting and sulking about not playing. And they just give us a little zip tonight. But man, the bench was great tonight. Bench, fabulous job, all of them. Jackson Kern, Bank Shriver, really, really tremendous. So, Finally, they get to have the break, which is probably very much needed. They, they, they need this breather as much as anybody. Ten days before they play LaSalle. Oh, if I had to grade the non-conference schedule, unfortunately, it's probably a gentleman's C. And that's being kind because, look, it's great these last two games and this little winning streak. But it's hard to overcome losing Jacksonville at home because that was no good. It's hard to, you know, blowing that chance to play Michigan and losing that Arizona State game, which is a killer because Arizona State is, you know, Arizona State's now in the top 25, and that's probably going to end up a quad one game. They may very well have been be, end up a top 50 team, which means we missed out on one top 50 win and we could have had another chance at another against Michigan. The Pittsburgh win may end up being better than what we think. Um, but yeah, it's just and 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 the Temple game was really bad because we couldn't stop them. And the Memphis game was the other way. It was really bad because our offense was just completely a wreck in that game. And yes, I know Baldwin didn't play some of those games. We've already gone over that. We're not we're not using that as, as an excuse. That's for the committee. The committee can can weigh that. That excuse isn't gonna isn't gonna fly here. But they have ended this they have ended this non-conference portion of the schedule well. It wasn't great against Radford, but these last two games, they produced what we needed them to produce, what we needed to see. Dominating performance over Northern Illinois, who's gonna be really bad. And after a pretty bad first 10 minutes. Dominating performance here against the uh, against the mids. So I'm pretty happy with that. Let's see here. So Saturday, not this Saturday, but the next one. 31st against LaSalle. That is 2 p.m. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up working that day. So it may very well be, unfortunately for me, it may very well be, uh, a a podcast only for those of you out in podcast land that would drop uh New Year's Day Sunday morning 
Hopefully you can listen to that before the bowl game start or whatever. And so I'll be listening to the car as long as the, as the VCU app can perform better than, uh, than it did today. So that's the plan now uh, uh, for me and for LaSalle. It'll be, it's nice that the team's getting this break. And it's really great too because it's like they can really go home for Christmas, have Christmas, enjoy Christmas, come back Monday or Tuesday, hopefully mentally refreshed as much as physically, and have plenty of time to get ready for the Explorers. And I'll tell you, it's taken a while, but now this team looks like a team that can finish in the top four and get that double buy. And look, given their situation non-conference-wise, it is absolutely crucial that they do that because the tournament, the, the A-10 tournament's probably going to be everything for VCU at this point. You know, maybe that changes, and we'll certainly revisit it if it does. But as of right now, that's the feeling I've got. And so we've got to come into this A-10, and we've got two games that are very winnable to start, and we need to get off to a 2-0 start, beating LaSalle and then winning at Duquesne. Uh, which is January 4th. So that's it. I want to thank everybody in the uh, in the group for the comments. As always, I really appreciate it. Those of you out in podcast listening, podcast land listening, thank you very much. Uh, link in, there's a link in the description if you want to drop us a little dinero. And there's a tip jar on Podbean and some of the other um, some of the other app, uh, some of the other apps that we're podcasting on. So thank you all for listening. I very much appreciate it. Uh, look forward to talking with you. Talking with you, you know, probably it'll probably be New Year's Day because, again, I I probably won't be doing a live video. So it'll probably be New Year's Day for the next one of these drops. Uh, Remember the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Tales from the – excuse me, uh, VCU by the numbers tomorrow. So that's Thursday uh, will be coming out. And they will be updated Thursday night when the NCAA rankings will be updated uh, with what happened with tonight's games. So thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. Happy holidays, everybody. Until next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.